You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Obviously, movement is an important part of our lives. We can move towards health or we can move towards devastation. You know, something we could proactively engage in, but our culture surrounding us can really dictate the movements that we make. And even our environment can dictate our movement. This is one of the most fascinating things that we're going to cover today is how our environment can influence our bodies, how environment can influence the shape of our bodies, our disposition. And our guest today was just sharing a story before we got started about this phenomenon when he was in Hawaii. Shout out to everybody in Hawaii, all my friends and family out there. But he shared with me this phenomenon known as island feet. Island feet, not to be mistaken with island boy. We're not talking about island boy. We're talking about island feet. This phenomenon of folks actually having their feet on the earth and engaging with daily life activities, whether that's hiking uphill for some form of you know, a gathering of some sort, or just traversing the terrain to go to work or whatever the case might be. But folks having these really robust, you know, he gave an analogy to, you know, almost hobbit-like vitality of the feet, not necessarily with the hairy jump-offs, because we know Frodo and those guys, they had some minor beards on their feet, but just the vitality and the robustness of their feet. Because the hobbits, I don't know if you remember this, they were like walking up a snowy mountain, you know, shoeless, all right? This feet naked out there. And I know I personally thought about it. I was like, you know, these guys must be doing the Wim Hof method. I don't know. But here's the thing. Our feet are one of the things that don't get a lot of environmental exposure. They're mostly exposed to the environment, the encasement of our shoe. It's like a container that dictates the outpicturing, the form and functionality of our feet. This is not to say you can't wear your cute kicks, but this is to say that we definitely need to think about the ramifications that has, because a lot of folks don't realize that a lot of ankle issues, knee issues, hip issues actually have root with dysfunction with our feet. Not always the case, but far more often than people realize. And so it's these kinetic chains and so problems with our feet can translate over into problems with other parts of our bodies. Our feet are really special. It's one of the things that make us human are these feets that we have, these footsies. Now, what can we do about this? Again, this doesn't mean that you can't wear your cute shoes, but have some time barefoot as much as you can. You know, just kick those shoes off, exercise your feet, do some exercises where you try and spread your toes as wide as you can. You know, some people will be shocked of how little their toes can actually spread. Your big toe, put all your toes on the ground, try and lift your big toes. Just doing this, you know, I got a guy who's doing some physical therapy, you know, and keeping those toes down the ground, just lift the big toe and then keep the big toe down. Just lift the other four toes. Can you do it? You know, it's just like, is that neural connection? Is it really ripe and robust? You could try it now. If you got that down, try to do one at a time. All right, try to play a little piano with the bad boys, with your little feet, with your toes. So there's many different ways for us to engage and get some vitality into our feet to get more island feet. Okay, those guys, I mean, come on. 
This is what we get with 2022. We got the island bar. This is popping. Forget about the real world science around health and vitality, you know, defense of our bodies against this chronic infection that is just on everybody's mind. And all of the peer-reviewed evidence and the things that we could do, all the great data, the, even the entertaining side of getting ourselves healthy. Forget that stuff. I want to hear from the island boy. All right. This is the state. And I don't know if you saw, they even got, they did a hairstyle. They look like a spike protein. All right. It's nuts. It's the irony. So what are you tuned into? I know that you're about that life. You know, you're about that health life. You're getting plugged in to things that serve you, that bring more vitality, that bring more empowerment. And that's what this is about today as well. And part of that vitality toolkit, this is one of the most essential things. The human body requires this in order to function. This is how important this is. All of our cells are communicating through electrical conductivity. This is how our cells, even our brain cells, are able to talk to each other. Signal transduction. We carry an immense amount of electrical potential in our bodies. We even generate electricity when we move. This is one of the dynamic things that, again, on the surface, using our very limited scope of vision, we can't see the electrical activity that's happening with our bodies. We might be able to experience, you know, if you've ever shocked somebody, you know, a little static electricity, or if you see one of the scary movies, you know, they're in the bathtub and then Jason Voorhees or whoever, Michael Myers, whatever you're into, even the little guy, the leprechaun might roll up. He's got an electrical device. You're taking a nice bubble bath. You know, you're trying, sipping on something, you know, exfoliating, whatever. And then he comes along, the leprechaun's got, you know, something plugged in. He's going to drop that bad boy in there, give you a nice little surprise. Electrocutions on you. All right. Compliments of the leprechaun. All right. So our bodies, how are these things possible? You know, is again, the human body itself is just so much conductivity is possible. And what's behind this conductivity are the minerals that carry an electric charge. And these minerals are referred to as electrolytes. These are literally required for your brain cells to communicate. Deficiencies in these key nutrients lead to deficiencies in cognition and cellular performance overall, even our energy production. ATP, the generation, the creation of the energy currency that the human body operates on, requires electrolytes in order to make the magic happen, specifically magnesium, not to mention sodium and potassium, also critical. Without sodium, it's one of those things, for example, researchers at McGill University found that sodium functions as a quote on-off switch in the brain for specific neurotransmitters that support optimal function and protect the brain against numerous diseases. Pretty freaking important. And also on that same front with magnesium I mentioned as far as the mitochondria, a study published in the journal Neuron found that magnesium is able to restore critical brain plasticity and improve cognitive function. This neuroplasticity is the ability of our brain to change and adapt. We need that more than ever. There are a ton of electrolyte supplements on the market. It was all spurred on back in the day, decades ago, when folks were getting loaded up on these very crummy versions of electrolytes. Also, in addition, you know, these quote sports drinks, just ridiculous amounts of sugar and artificial colors and flavors and all this stuff. Nonsense, nonsense. 
We are so far past that. That's just, it's not appropriate anymore. The electrolytes, yes, and make sure they're coming from a good source, number one. Number two, helping and paying attention to making sure that they're in the right ratios. We're talking about the ratios, this matters. What if we had a data source, a set of real world human beings and looking at what is the optimal ratio? And that's what Element has done. Go to drinkelement.com forward slash model. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash model and get a free sample, a free variety pack. They're gonna send right to your door for free. You just pay a little bit of shipping. They're gonna send it right to your door. This is the electrolytes that I use. It is so far superior to anything else. No artificial flavors, no added sugar, none of that stuff. Just the saltiness. You know, there's many different versions of salt. It isn't just sodium. You know, we think of sodium salt. There's magnesium salts, there's potassium salts, calcium salts. The list goes on and on. We've colored our nutritional education in these very superficial domains. We need all types of these salts, but we need them in the right ratios. And the reason this matters more than ever to add in something like this is that our food is becoming more and more deficient in these key electrolytes. So this is one of those very simple ways to support our health and optimal function. And chances are you're going to notice the difference. Go to drinkelement.com forward slash model to get a sample of Element for free. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Presenting Nothing But the Good Science Stuff by Mo Mindy. Sean presents only the science and I can't get enough. He respects human life in all regards, but his propensity for utmost human health is bar none. He scours the science for us and gives us the summary in layman's terms, sprinkled with lots of humor and culture. I can't share his podcast enough and everyone could benefit from his show. Love it and thank you. Thank you. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. It means so much. If you yet to do so, please hop over to Apple Podcasts leave a review for the Model Health Show. It means so much. If you're listening on Spotify, you know we're popping on Spotify as well. You can rate the show now, all right? Take a second. Leave, you know, that we, we, we need all the stars, all right? Let's represent. Leave a rating for the Model Health Show. It means so much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is best-selling author Aaron Alexander, and he's a pioneering manual therapist and movement coach whose clients range from A-list Hollywood celebrities to professional athletes and everyone in between. And he's also been interviewing the world's preeminent thought leaders on physical and psychological well-being on his top-rated Align podcast. And now back for his latest appearance here on the Model Health Show. Let's jump into this conversation with the amazing Aaron Alexander. My guy, Aaron Alexander, welcome back to the Model Health Show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. It's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure, you know, your work has just been deeply impactful. Just the last time I talked with you, I really stepped up my game, my hanging game. Cool. At least every other day, got to pull up in the backyard, pull up bar. I go and hang there, do 20 to 30 second reps, a couple sets. Right. And just hang out. That's it. You know, sans wang out. And, um, you know, it's just very simple <laughs> principles, but, you know, you walk the talk and you've impacted so many people, including many of our friends and colleagues. And that's very noticeable, even in all the recommendations, endorsements that are in your book with some absolute superstars because you're one of them. And I want to kick things off because I think that we have this concept in our reality that we are shaping our own bodies. Like it's my job to shape my body. And that is partly true, but we are negating what is possibly the largest shaper of our bodies, which is our environment. 
So can you talk about how our environment actually shapes our body? Yeah, of course. Firstly, on the way here, I was just, I'm so immensely grateful to get to share any time with you. But I've told you before, but literally like, I think eight years ago, I started listening to your podcast and I was scrupulously, maniacally taking notes on all the different little details and exercise recommendations and nutritional stuff and all that stuff. And uh, you were the primary catalyst and inspiration for me to start my own podcast and kind of get into my own foray into the social media world and all that stuff. So to be in this moment with you, now it's starting to feel more common, which I'm you know so grateful for that. And like harking back to like, God damn. so the moment, the, the thing I was, I was reflecting on is it's so interesting how many of the yous of the past are listening to this and the me's of the past are listening to this right now. Mm. Like I know that that person is right now there going through the same motions and the same aspirations and all that. And it's just such a wild thing how life works that way. It is, man. Uh, so powerful. And then, so within that, you were a part of my, uh, my environment, my environmental conditions. Mm. You know, so you were my audio environment. That's remarkable. That's really powerful. You know? And so there's a lot of different layers we could go with that. You, I mean, we were impacting ourselves and each other from an auditory perspective mm -hmm. based off of the, the tones that we're projecting pacing of our language. Uh, you know, there's a researcher from the 60s, professor from UCLA called Albert Morabian, came up with a thing called the 55-38-7 principle. 55% of our communication comes from body language. 38 is voice tonality, and then seven is the words that we speak. And that relates to if there's any incongruence between that. So if we're having a conversation and suddenly my voice starts getting really high or getting really fast or you know, maybe my, my eyes start looking away from you or my shoulders kind of start cowering forward or my hips go to the door, whatever I'm saying, you're gathering, you know, millions and billions of, it, of bits of information from your visual field and from your auditory field. And then there's the words that kind of piggyback on top of that, you know, so as we're communicating to each other, that's really the, the bulk of the communication comes from actually our, you know, our movement, um, you know, and then more specifically in relation to the environment and the way that I think you meant it in the question. You've had Bruce Lipton on here, which he's such a sweetie. I got to go up to his place and we like spent the day together and, you know, record another episode on mine and just such an amazing person to be around. One of the things that he brought up in the conversation was that, you know, if you want to change a, a cell in a Petri dish, you, you change the, the culture that it resides in, you know, so if you want to create some type of, of chemical change or structural change or whatever it may be, um, you don't go in and titrate chemicals on the cell or do some kind of thing with little tweezers or something, you go and you change the constitution that it exists in and suddenly the cell takes shape to, that's a human. Yeah. Right. And so when you come home, you know, like your home is a, a you know, a, a gymnasium, you know, it's an, it's an opportunity for wellness. It's an opportunity for creativity. It's an opportunity for inspiration. It's an opportunity for natural light. It's an opportunity for whatever you want it to be. There's no right or wrong. It's just defining what do you want, define your goals, and then reverse engineer from there. You know, so for me, one of the things that I find to be valuable is um, you know, adaptability and longevity and strength and flexibility and um, joy, you know, and so uh, creativity. You know, so within that, coming into a home environment, you know, something that we can do, like a really obvious one, but just what you did is like you know, set up a pull-up bar. You know, so now suddenly you change the shape of your doorway. Before it was just a doorway. The only function of that doorway is you walk through the doorway. Now, suddenly there's a pull-up bar there and it's like your arms are lifted up to the bar 
It's almost like this effortless. It's just like, ah, it just happened. That was fitness. Fitness just happened just by you changing the shape of your environment that you exist in. So, okay, could we do that in other ways? Okay. So before we come home, all there is dinner table, um, you know, coffee table, you may put your feet on couch, TV. That's all we have space for. That's what we do. So we sit 90 degrees on the dinner table, then we go to the couch and then into the bed and the toilet and then our office and then our car and then a train. And then every position is in that same archetypal kind of like hunched over position. Mm-hmm. Opportunity would be maybe put, you know, some floor cushions down on the ground, you know, and create a, enough space that when you come back, it's like inviting for you to get all the way down to the ground and get all the way back up. Suddenly you're mobilizing your ankles and your knees and your hips and your pelvic floor muscles and your diaphragm. You know, you're helping circulate lymphatic fluid, which needs muscular contraction in order to move, you know? And so it's, I think it's just a, an interesting opportunity or question to ask, like, what is the shape of my environment? If I were to kind of audit my space, what would be the, the, the postural potentials from this space, you know, and come through and it's like, okay, like, can I tweak that? And then do I want to tweak that? Cause it's all just opportunities. There's no good, bad. It's just, what do you want? Yeah. 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 That's the, I think that's a great uh, idea switch because what we tend to see is, you know, sitting in a chair bad when yeah. it's just, it's just a way to be, mm-hmm. but that chair sitting from the chair in your house to the chair in your car, to the toilet chair, all the chairs you mentioned, the chair in the office, it is putting your body, your body, the environment is having your body in this pretty consistent position. That's then going to make you very efficient at chair sitting yep. and maybe take away efficiency from other things. Right. Right. So not putting it bad, but like, let's see it as an opportunity to be creative. This is a version of sitting that we can do. Let's dabble in, or we says before the show start, we'll dabble in, sprinkle in yeah. a little bit of, of some other stuff. And I love, man, I didn't know that you was going to mention that first, that the auditory environment, yep. because then my mind, you know, sometimes I get that Neo matrix thing <laughs> and I was just seeing as everybody's listening right now and these vibrations leaving my body and entering your ear and interacting with those tiny little bones and helping to create these electrical signals yep. in your brain, literally it's shaping your brain, it's changing the very shape of your brain, even at the most minute level, but that expands as you repeat a certain behavior of your auditory environment, yep. you know? And so, like you said, like I became a part of your life prior to even knowing you and that environment, that shaping of your perspective, it brought you closer, you know, into, into this universe now where you're here with me, you know, and we cannot overlook how powerful it is, what we're allowing into our environment or inviting into our environment. And we get to choose that, but oftentimes we, we're not aware of it. And that's part of what we do is we're getting folks to be aware of how powerful we are and how many options we actually have, because it's pretty infinite. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, when you listen to someone, you're familiar with Stephen Porges and polyvagal theory. I'd imagine one of the things in his theory that he's brought to the table is a a term known as neuroception. Neuroception is, you know, as we're moving through the world, we receive various different visual and auditory feedbacks that indicate to our nervous system, whether we're safe or not, you know? And so there's a lot of sounds that you may hear. Maybe, maybe you, you meet a dog and the dog's like, freaks out you know it doesn't trust that something about you maybe it's that you have a beard maybe it's that you're big maybe it's that your voice is high maybe it's that it's low it it triggers some past memory that was like ooh threat you know but we have these consistent 
auditory cues that indicate to our nervous system via you know millennia of of evolution depending upon your belief systems obviously um that's it's you know since the beginning of humanity you know and probably before human there's certain sounds that indicate safety you know like a a, a soothing crackling of a fire you know or maybe it's like ocean maybe a dog snoring maybe your partner kind of you hear your partner breathing you know and and, and all of those they literally they're tuning your autonomic nervous system in a, on a momentary basis and so as we're communicating to each other once again the way that we communicate that 38 percent of that voice tonality there is a specific imprint or signature in the tone of your voice and when you speak to someone especially in like a maybe like a, a, a psychological um, circumstance maybe you're like seeing a therapist or something of the sort there's your words but when you start to get into territory that makes a makes you kind of be like whoop there's okay we're in deeper waters here your voice might start to kind of crack you know or might start to get a little bit high for a second you know it's all of those are indications that you're starting to tread into waters that your autonomic nervous system you're like your deeper mammalian brain it's saying oh don't know how to process this aha we're here we've arrived now how do we respectfully navigate this space you know, and so that's the really beautiful thing. If you're a sensitive person, which we all are, or else you just wouldn't be around. Um, if you've made it to this point, you know, just in human evolution as a whole, and then as an individual, like you're still here, you're a sensitive person. If you're successful in business, if you have, you know, halfway decent relationships, you know, if you're somewhat healthy in your, in your mind and body, you're a sensitive person, you're picking up these cues continually. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just magical when you start to take a moment and kind of think of that that imprint or that signature, that fingerprint in the tone of someone's voice, and then start to pay attention to your own tone. So when you're speaking to someone, you know, I think that this is you know seventy percent of the the nerve fibers of the the vagus nerve, very popular nerve as of recent. It's kind of like the iliopsoas muscle. We kind of like have it have its moment of limelight. Uh, but seventy percent of the fibers in that are uh, AFE, meaning they're coming, they're feeding information from the body up to the brain, you know, and so you're receiving this immense amount of information from your body all the time. And so if we allow the spaciousness to actually listen in and say like, how does my body feel right now? You know, when I'm speaking to that person, do I feel really safe? Do I feel like a clenching in my stomach? You know, do I feel maybe trapped? Do I feel expansive? Do I feel you know, confident? You know, how's my voice? You know, all of those are really beautiful tools to be able to, to check in and say, okay, like, am I placing myself in an environmental condition that's conducive for my growth? And then from there, the next thing is saying, okay, interesting. This is a, a two-way relationship. I can observe my physiological expressions. And those are translations into like, you know, men, they have mental emotional translations. Um, and then if I want to change my state, I can say, okay, I'm going to you know, go in and I'm going to change the tone of my voice. I'm going to change the pacing, maybe the way that I breathe. I'm going to do a long exhalation. I would do long exhalation and a sigh. You know, maybe I'll relax my eyes and take in that panoramic view, which that's tied into the autonomic nervous system as well to calm your nervous system down. Maybe I'll take a little walk, you know, and start to get that, you know, maybe I'll pull my shoulders back, that gait pattern, swing my shoulders, open up through my diaphragm and my lungs and my hips. Oh my God, suddenly I feel better. You know, just six breaths. There's a, there's a study from, I believe it's in Japan. They found that that just six uh, breaths you could change your blood pressure in an instant. You know, and so it's like there's so we could we can have such immediate effect on this physical experience. 
uh, and we're just covered in all of these amazing levers that we can pull on at any time. We just for well, I don't know if it's summary. I think it's because our teachers didn't didn't really understand the levers because they never got the education. Uh, but we didn't receive that education on how to drive the body effectively and how to pull on these levers. How do I how do I wake up? How do I go to sleep? How do I relax? How do I focus? Tapping into your senses and your postural patterns are all opportunities to do that. Yeah. These for me are some of the most important things. Like these are the things that it's like the soil from which everything else comes from, you know? So it's, it's kind of tragic that it's, has been lacking in our education. However, again, it's just presenting another opportunity. And, you know, when you mentioned Bruce Lipton, that really, that ties in so well with all of this. And even walking, for example, like that's a vibrational pattern that action, the activity of walking is creating a certain vibrational pattern in the body that's influencing every single cell in the body. Even if we go to the level of our atoms, it, they're just vibrating at this ridiculously fast pace. And we look very solid. Even right now, you look still. Right. Everything <laughs> in you is vibrating like crazy, you know, like some Dr. Strange level yeah. multiverse of madness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I remember Bruce Lipton talking about how even our cells doing function, it's really a result of a vibrational input, a signal, right? There's a signal being broadcast, a certain vibration. And one of my all-time favorite episodes of the Model Health Show, and you know, I've done hundreds of interviews and also me doing media and all these other shows, probably knocking on the door of a thousand media pieces. And of all of that, for me personally, one of the most interesting places that I learned the most from was from a conversation with Dr. Colreed Chaudhry, and she has a book called Sound Medicine. And she just brought to light something that's been just, you know how you got these things just kind of rattling around your brain, like loose change. And yep. then like, suddenly you get the arcade game to put the change in. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. And she related all of the ways that sound is already used in medicine that we just take for granted. Even the name ultrasound, we're yep. just like, whatever. But it's literally a tool that can be used, of course, for imaging, but also as therapy, because it is literally using sound to change conditions in your body. And it's so subtle, it's so out of our pitch range as, as far as our human ears, that it's just, it's actually unbelievable that it's even a thing. And this gets into the conversation of, we only experience or notice a certain spectrum of things with our human eyes and ears. You know, and there's so much, literally, again, from both directions, from ultrasound all the way to sonic, whatever, you know, and we operate in a tiny medium, but everything else is affecting us. And we have the opportunity to proactively expose ourselves to other things, even if we don't understand it, or to avoid those things, you know? And so this is another message of yours is that message of empowerment. And I wanted to ask you about this because what we're talking about is an expression of the body, right? And I'm wondering if our physical expression, when you see somebody, can our physical expression of our body, how we're standing, how we're moving, can that inform you about our state of physical health? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, uh, that's such a, a, a cool road to go down. Uh, I mean, you can hear, staying, staying just for a second on, the, on the, the auditory spectrum, you can hear a healthy person or around a house, right? If someone's, <laughs> what is that you know that's like a cacophonous you know there it's like a cacophonous um struggling biological system and and a more effortless system 
that's that things just seem to work. You don't notice it, right? So if there's something in your system that you notice, it's probably because it could use some work. You know, so you're, you're breathing, ideally, it should be, you know, so light that you can't even feel the breath going in and out through the nostrils. Like it's a, you want the, 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 the hairs inside of the nostrils wouldn't even move through the breath. And so it's, if you can breathe in that way, uh, you're, it's an indication that your, you know, your hemoglobin cells, your red blood cells, they are efficient enough to be able to release their binding affinity to oxygen and they, they efficiently release oxygen into your bloodstream to allow your muscles to function. If you're a person that's more habituated to taking these big gasps of air throughout the day and you're just dumping this buffet of air down your throat all the time, then your cells get super lazy and they become kind of like slobbish and wasteful with the way that, uh, the way that they release oxygen into the bloodstream. You know, so a, a person that's really healthy and you know, just from a breathing perspective, It'd be kind of almost like they're like a, you know, it's like a, like a, a, a Jedi, you know, they're like a, like a samurai. They're kind of just like a healthy person just glides through the room, you know? And, and I think that that's from a, a physical communication or body language perspective, I think it's so interesting riding back on that. A person, if you are projecting wholeness or integration in the body, it sends a signal to other people to that you would be a you would be tough prey right you would be tough to attack you'd be tough to take advantage of you'd be tough to exploit you know so there's so many people that i think that they um i fall into this category and it's something that that like i like i kind of have like a trigger i wig out a bit when i have a sensation of of someone that's victimizing themselves or kind of like playing the victim role and so i've noticed that throughout myself for years which is why it's such like a, a trigger for me whenever i see it out in the world i'm like oh, don't do that um and there was some research that that was actually done with this where they um the researchers they went into a uh, a prison and they uh gathered up a bunch of inmates that were in there for violent crimes and they gave them a bunch of uh videos of people just walking down the street different sexes different colors different weights sizes ages all of that and what they found i include this in the in the the align method book uh what they found was the people that were would not be prey, they wouldn't make an effort at robbing the person, were the people that moved with this integration and this wholeness in the way that they moved. It wasn't because they were bigger, it wasn't because they were blacker, or because they were whiter, or because they were Asianer, or you know any of that. It was if they felt like they had this directionality and this smoothness and this integration with the way that they moved, then they wouldn't be an easy target. And so even as you're moving down, you know, you're walking down the street, uh, you're sending this information out into the the visual world and all of those people that are either passively or actively observing your experience you know the way that you're ambulating down the street you're either holding up a sign saying come and get it or you're holding up a sign and saying not me you know and so how do we start to tap into that we don't tap into that by in this moment okay pull the shoulders back you know, puff the chest up, like, cool, I got it. No, you tap into that by changing your environmental conditions. You tap into that. You know, if you, the, the best time to plant a tree is yesterday. The second best time is right now. Is that how they say that? So, 10 years ago. Whatever, 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> 10 years ago, the best time is right now. Uh, you know, and so with that, it's like changing your environmental conditions, you know, expose yourself to ample sunlight. You know, get enough vitamin D, get enough fat-soluble vitamins. 
know, ADK2 specifically are very important for like bone growth and hormonal function and, you know, exposing yourself to cold temperatures, exposing yourself to warm to all the stuff, like listen to model health show, you know, tap into a 10th of what you, what you discuss, like actually integrate that into your daily life. And it needs to be a daily habit. You know, it's, if, if you are, you know, someone that's like a, an overnight success, but it took them 20 years to become an overnight success. That's the way it works. You know, so if we can seamlessly start to integrate these practices into our daily lives, and, and one of the things that's very simple, it's like, okay, cool, that's very like meta abstract, you know, borderline like inspirational kind of jargon. Actionably, how do we do that? Well, a person that has mobile ankles and mobile hips and, you know, a good balance of, of body fat and to, to muscle, hip to waist ratios, all that stuff. The way that we do that is, you know, a really simple thing would be just, at least from the mobility perspective, would be like we mentioned before, just spend some time on the ground each day, like 30 minutes in total. If you're just checking your emails while you're sitting in a straddle position or a cross-legged position or a 90-90 position, you know, your hips are up above the height of your knees while you're in that position. So you're starting to stabilize the lower back, you know, and orient the pelvis, sacrum, spine in such a way that they're, they're strong. You know, you're, you're kind of reintegrating back into those native patterns that you had as a child, like any baby moves pretty darn well because they don't have enough muscle to kind of like cheat through gravity. They're just finding that balance, and that orientation, you know, and when you see a person move that way, it's, it's almost surprising. Like when you see a person move with lightness and like levity, um, you know, Charles Bouquet, he has a, a, a bit where he talks about a, a free soul, you know, a free soul doesn't have any particular like shape or you know any specific indications but when you're around a free soul you feel good you, know, you feel really good you know it's like that free soul that heart i think that that comes from a lifetime or a, a month or a year you know of lifestyle decisions that now suddenly present into this moment and you're telling this story based off of every bit of information that you've engaged with over the last month year decade and then life starts to open up for you in a different way. Oh, what is it? It's because I'm doing, is it because I'm nagging, you know, or doing some kind of like dating hack thing? You know, I read the game, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Like we're picking up on a lifetime of information from each other. Yeah. You know, so the ways that we can do that, I think, again, it just comes back to, to start to change up the environment and change up your mindset and make these subtle little shifts in your, in your life, which was the whole intention and function of writing the Align Method was to create a fundamental user's manual, like a field manual for how do we inhabit our bodies the most effective way possible in daily life, as opposed to it being something that I sit in my car, I drive to a gym, and I engage in fitness for 45 minutes. It's like, how do we make it so that fitness is who I am? I identify as an athlete, right? If you're a person with a body and you walk, <laughs> you put your arms up over your head every now and again, you communicate, like, I would say you're an athlete, you know? And so if you can start to identify with those things and, and, and start to integrate that into our lives, I think it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Wow. That's remarkable. Not only does this answer the question of whether or not our body can display our state of health, but this leads into another part of the conversation, which is not only are we broadcasting our physical state of health, but we're also broadcasting our state of mental health yeah. as well. So can you dig into that a little bit. How is our, our posture or our, our state of physical 
just how we're showing up in the world, demonstrating and communicating to the world our state of mental health. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot of inter interesting stuff with that. So coming back into uh, the concept that your body is covered in these these levers that we can pull it pull on to to make us to induce certain states. Um, you know, your facial postures, for example, your facial gestures. It's called the 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 facial. Uh, what do they call it? Facial gesture hypothesis, I believe is the term for it. But each gesture that you make with your face, Paul Ekman is a researcher that has gone very deep on this. I actually did a podcast with him um, I don't know, a couple years ago. He's the, I think he's like the top 10 most cited psychologists on the planet. Old guy, um, really sweet. Uh, he traveled to Papua New Guinea and various different locations to spend time with tribes that had been untouched to any type of you know, other populations or industrialized culture and to see if their facial expressions, their facial postures were consistent with the rest of the world. And he came up with 10,000 specific facial gestures, all with specific translations, you know, and all with spe specific meanings. And so when we're communicating with each other, if I am happy, every face across the planet is happy, pretty much the same, right? You know, so if you are, are, are faking a smile, for example, then you'll just kind of do this smile with just your mouth and it's kind of like creepy, you know, it's like <laughs> serial killer kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if a true smile is called the, the Duchenne smile from an old anatomist that you would be smiling with your mouth and your eyes. So you're activating those, those orbicularis oculi muscles in and around the eye. It causes the eyes to kind of squint. That's like, ah, like that's like a, a true indication that the person is, uh, you know, feels that way it feels happy mm. you know if you win a race everyone wins a race the same way if you lose a race everybody loses a race the same way you know and then there's like gang signs and like west side and this and that that you know obviously those are learned but those deep inherent postural patterns and facial gestures they are inherent that's it's like a binding unifying factor with every human being on the planet and so we can tap into that and uh you know all of those facial those those facial gestures um, they're tied back into the 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 cranial nerves. So there's 12 cranial nerves. Um, vagus is a part of theirs. It's a part of of that system, and those are all tied into our autonomic state. So if you change the the tonicity of the muscles in and around the neck, you know the masseter of the eyes, uh, you know, the diaphragm, any of that, then those are all feeding back into your autonomic state. So if you want to, there's been lots of research around this as well. You've probably heard of like the pencil study where they put a pencil in people's teeth and that caused, well, there's a pencil in your teeth that forces that smile happening. And so when they, when they would show them movies and things of the sort, they'd find things to be more humorous and funny. And the, like it would, it would induce this sensation of lightheartedness. When you put a, a uh, they did it with a golf tee, they put a golf tee in people's brow and then it would force a, a frown, like a resting bitch face. And suddenly they perceive the world as being a little bit more closed off. You know, so it's pretty darn interesting. And once again, this taps into, ah, okay, cool. So there's this imprint, this specific fingerprint of every person's tone of voice. That's just so cool. If you really sink into that and you start listening, you know, and start paying attention to how does, you know, if you're at a bus station, how does it make you feel? If you're in an airport, how does it make you feel? If you're out in nature, how does that make you feel? You know, we also have an imprint in every one of our postural patterns and every one of our facial expressions. If you meet a person and they're chronically kind of like frowning, one, it makes you feel away because the reason that humans 
one of the the primary factors that makes humans so effective as a species is our capacity our capacity for communication the way that we communicate is through attunement if i can take on your shape then you trust me more because you don't trust anyone more than yourself yeah, right. right it's like tribalism 101 yeah i come in you know cool like you like pittsburgh steelers cool i just happen to wear my steelers jersey today you know you have resting bitch face cool kind of yeah i don't like the world either you know so you're like you know that there's something about that person you know i don't know what it is exactly you know but i like that person that's what we're always doing you know it's an nlp world um you know neurolinguistic programming that's like uh one of the, the foundational principles of it you know coming in and, and having that uh, like like a mirroring of each other and if you are a once again if you're alive and you're doing halfway decent in your life then you are effective at all of these practices so you then you can draw go under the hood and say oh yeah i do do that sometimes or oh i could do that a little bit better you know maybe i'm a little spectrumy you know it's like i'm not really that good at being able when someone makes a facial gesture me i i don't read it that well and i certainly don't embody that myself and respond back for them to for them to feel comfortable you know so when we say flexibility and this is what with you know with the line method stuff it's like this is where i'm really interested in the conversation around fitness i think we we think of fitness as this compartmentalized thing that we do inside of a box fitness is every aspect of your biology like you are movement you know so the reason that you have a brain is to move through the world talking movement thinking movement cardiovascular function lymphatic function like every aspect of you is a form of movement so i think we've been sold largely in western culture the idea that there is a pill out there uh that will solve your woes you know so cool that's like the anti-movement conversation technically you move yourself to reach out to put the, the pill into your face you know but we've moved ourselves in to our present physiological mental emotional uh lifestyle state so therefore there's probably a way to move ourselves into a you know wherever the heck it is that we want to go or unwind it through movement like there's always a movement conversation in that and the conversation around fitness like facial flexibility is fitness postural flexibility to be a you know say a dancer maybe you you train like improvisation if you're good at improv then you're probably not just like maybe you know military upright stacked strong stiff like take orders guy that's one persona that's one face you know the the initial meaning of persona comes from greek theater it was those those conical masks that people would wear you actually you i think you you included these in your in your mask uh video that's correct um you know so so that persona actually the original meaning from that is is a mask that we wear in order to project an identity so stick up the you know upright position like that's a persona then there's also maybe like lazy persona you know then there's also maybe creative persona flamboyant persona all of those in order to be able to oscillate throughout those pick the spectrum pick the colors that you would like to engage with that's flexibility that's fitness dumbbell curls great just one of the forms of fitness got a quick break coming up we'll be right back growing up if I thought about chocolate, I think about Three Musketeers. I think about a Kit Kat, Butterfinger, right? I had all these ideas, hot chocolate, uh, chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake. Those are the things that would conjure up in my mind when I thought about chocolate. Little did I know 
that chocolate itself, the original root of chocolate, which comes from something that's botanically a, a seed, these cacao seeds was one of the most healthy foods in the world. Listen to this. This was from a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial that was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that polyphenol-rich cacao or cocoa without the sugar has remarkable prebiotic effects on the human body. So what the study found was that folks who were consuming this sugar-free cacao flavanol drink for four weeks significantly increased their ratio of probiotics or friendly bacteria, bifidobacteria, for example, while significantly decreasing their class of firmicutes, which is associated with fat gain. So there's certain types of bacteria that are associated with gaining fat. And these firmicutes, so the saying in health right now is that if you want to be firm and cute, you got to reduce the firmicutes. All right. I didn't make that up. Somebody else did. All right. But the bottom line is, wow, it has a really powerful, remarkable impact on what's happening with your microbiome. The study also found that it was able to reduce levels of systemic inflammation measured by something called C-reactive protein. And if that weren't enough, Cacao also has these compounds that have a really powerful influence on our mood, like anandamide, which is known, like that translates to mean bliss chemical, right? Uh, serotonin, tryptophan, these precursors that help your body to produce things like melatonin, right? That helps you to sleep better. It goes on and on and on, but the quality matters a lot. And when you can get real chocolate into something that is even more health-giving, you've got something really special. And that's what they have with the new chocolate Organifi Gold Drink. So they've got the chocolate along with their incredible, delicious turmeric formula. And as you know, turmeric has very powerful anti-inflammatory properties. And it also has been clinically proven to have anti-angiogenesis properties. So this means that turmeric literally has the ability to cut off the blood supply to cancer cells. All right. And we all produce cancer cells every day, but a pro properly functioning immune system and being able to regulate this angiogenesis, which we need, but we need at certain levels, is incredibly important. And food can help to regulate that. So I'm a huge fan of Organifi. Now they've got the new chocolate gold. All right. So pop over there, check it out. Just released, just delicious. Organifi.com forward slash model. You get 20% off that and everything else they carry. All right, so head over there, check them out, Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model for 20% off. And now back to the show. First of all, I've got to just backtrack just a little bit here because you said something really profound and I don't want to miss it. When you talked about all these different facets of movement indicating life, right? And life really this is Bruce Lipton as well, was the first person to really articulate this for me, is that life is movement. And when life ceases is when movement ceases. And you said that we moved ourselves into this state that we're in where we're probably a bit deficient, to put it nicely, in our variety of movement and patterns that we can be in. We, move, we chose to move in that way, whether we realize it or not. Or this we still, didn't make an active choice to choose to, to move another way. And this still opens the door for our empowerment because we chose that even if it was unconscious and we can choose other, yep. you know, like you, I don't know if you're, you know, you're doing this, but you continue to meld in an opportunity of empowerment for all of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because it can really seem very dire. I know I've spent some time 
in the last two years and some of the data that I've been uncovering and I've had that, that squinty face, mm -hmm. you know, as yeah. I'm staring at this data, just like my wife will point out, like, you look pissed off, man, you know? And it's just like, it's a pattern. And this is the point I wanted to make is this is a part of human evolution. Like you don't got to teach a baby how to smile. Yeah. The baby knows when the baby's happy and <laughs> joyous, like it's just there. That pattern is integrated into our evolution and our nervous system and our muscles. The same thing with being really upset and angry or fearful. We can learn patterns, of course, as we go and as we grow, as our brains develop and pick up more things from our environment. But a lot of this is already deeply ingrained. So this is what you were alluding to when just putting the pencil in the mouth and you're getting into that state, your brain is, has that, that, that neural association is there. Just like, it's kind of smiling. So you're already just leaning towards seeing yep. things in a more jubilant light. Yeah, you're changing your filter. Yep. This is really remarkable stuff. So with that said, this really opens the door for our opportunity to have a shift in our perception and our mindset that can then change the outpicturing of our body. Correct. So let's talk a little bit about that. How can a change in our mind change the expression of our bodies? Yeah. It's, I mean, like mind body is, that's a, a, just a, those are just words. Like the body doesn't know the difference between bicep brachialis or triceps or sternocleidomastoid or, you know, it just knows unicity, wholeness, integration. You know, it doesn't know what a heart is, doesn't know what a lung is, doesn't know what a liver is. It just knows that symphony and knows the orchestra and knows the, the unity of the whole system. You know, and so even the concept of mind body is like stories that we tell ourselves because they're, they're indivisible. Uh, you know, and so there's one of the things that, that you brought up that I think is, was interesting um, is the power that we have to augment the filter that we receive information. I mean, it's just so cool. Like there, there's research from, from San Francisco State University, particularly around this. And they had, uh, the researchers had groups of students go into slouched over postures, groups of students go into like upright posture, which, you know, there's like the really popular Amy Cuddy, Ted talk and the research that she's done around that, like the super woman pose that potentially augments testosterone levels and cortisol. There's a lot of contention around it. Um, but I think that if you, if you draw back and you watch somebody walk into like a UFC ring, you know, it's like, there's like, there's something going on there. You know, somebody doesn't kind of like awkward, like you can see if a person where their mind's at and if they're going to like pretty much win the fight, not a hundred percent of the time, but pretty high percent of the time, you know, Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, that fight, what was McGregor doing? His body was, it was effortless. He was playing, right? His orchestra, there was no awareness of trumpet player, go, you know, sax, piano. It was just, right. Jose was coming out and he was, there was this tension. You know, so if you're paying too much attention to what's happening here and you're trying to organize the parts, like you can't win. Like you have 640 odd muscles, 360 odd joints. Like there's so much complexity inside of this system for you to be trying to organize that yourself, uh, is very challenging. You know, and so that's kind of a, a tangent, but back to the, the San Francisco stuff, um, what they found was that were the people that were in a, a hunched over position in the, the book, we call that the, the, the mopey postural archetype. We break down five different postural archetypes and their meanings. Uh, they would be in that hunched over kind of essentially the, the position that most of modern culture, if we are going from chair to chair, to chair, to chair, to bed, to chair, to chair, to chair, to chair, to, chair to bed, like that's your lifestyle. Um, 
that's the position forward head posture merely rotated shoulders hypercryphotic spine valgus knees like that's the anatomical description for collapse what's another meaning for collapse what is you know the literal translation of depression collapse right so when a person goes into that collapsed postural expression uh they begin to distrust the things that they say so when they would make certain statements there was like this sensation of like you know whether it was something that was accurate or inaccurate I felt like I didn't really trust what I was saying. When they're in this stacked, well-oriented, confident, upright position, suddenly they reported to have greater trust of the words that they would communicate and the statements that they would communicate. They were also able to access memories, uh, more like uplifting memories. So when you are in an upright posture, this comes back to NLP stuff again, you've anchored postural patterns to be uh to manifest during specific like mental emotional states so you win the race always been the case you know you hunted the woolly mammoth you get to the top a little bit ah you bring it back shoulders back like you're not protecting your your vital organs you're not protecting your throat i've won you know there's a predator in the room oh contract defend right i've lost you know the woolly mammoth ate my wife oh complete deflation ate my family oh Family's gone, like, finally. I didn't even know families do that. The whole family. (laughs) So when we're in those positions, because I would say this is ancestral, and if it's not ancestral, then it's at least back to since you were a baby. uh, When you are in this upright position, it's an indication that you've won. It means that you can now tap back in to that whole Rolodex, that whole index of good times. When I go, not a moralistic bad or good. There's no state that's better. It's just objectively, that's a reminder to your autonomic nervous system that, oh, okay, cool. When have I lost? Okay, rolling back through that. So if I get to go through that postural position, so says research, and research obviously is going to be skewed um, because they probably are going into it with some level of intention with what they're creating, but just feel it in your own body. You know, like take every bit of research with a grain of salt, just because someone did a study or there's a meta-analysis with a bunch of studies, all of those have an objective bias. And there's a ton of research that gets, you know, thrown in the trash because it doesn't prove what they were, what they were looking for. Um, but just feel it, you know, like Conor McGregor, Jose Otto, enough research. Yeah. We've been like steered away from listening to our, our bodies and our gut and our intuition. Yeah, yeah, Again, even as we say those things, your body doesn't care. Your mind doesn't care. These are, this is all that's actually happening. Is that perception? Is that, you know, um, your, your body's, um, kind of response to what's happening in the world around you. It's there. We can kind of numb it, but this leads into another thing I want to ask you about. Can what we eat affect the way that we move? Yeah, of course. You know that, you know, if you're eating something that's, you know, so, so if you're eating something that causes you to feel maybe stressed, for example, maybe too much coffee, like your body's going to wire yourself up to be in that agitated state. What's the musculoskeletal expression of agitation? Traps start getting tight and I start grinding my teeth and clenching my masseter. You know, maybe I'm like self-soothing because I'm trying to work some of this freaking energy out. You know, so all of that, every bit of food that you put into your body, that's just information, auditory information visual information, nutritional information. You know, so all of those are being processed, you know, different processing systems, but same movement-based output. 
you know, if I eat something that makes me feel sluggish, what's it, what do you do after Thanksgiving? You, you know, I don't love that. My, my preference is to like, keep on kind of keeping on with Thanksgiving times. Um, but you know, yeah, you eat some food that feels heavy, hard to break down, you know, inflammatory. Suddenly your joints are inflamed. Uh, yes, strong. Yes. Affects the way that we're going to move. And such an interesting thing when you think of, of it from that lens, like people, you know, so I work with clients doing manual therapy largely and also help them with training and, and various, you know, essentially, do you know rolfing? Have we ever talked about rolfing yeah. before structural integration, working with fashion, connected tissue and all that stuff. So the first thing that I would be thinking about with someone, it really varies depending upon the, the individual. Um, but the first thing I'm thinking about is lifestyle stuff. Uh, a common question with most people that will come up within the first five minutes of, of, of talking uh, was it will be sleep patterns. So if you're not sleeping well, then good luck with everything else, you know, and then coming into nutrition and then coming into the shape of your environment, you know, and then it's like we, I think oftentimes we get mired by the physical being like, okay, the knee thing is right there. It's contained within the knee. Uh, and within that, you know, we have that, that, that tunnel vision on that. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, you know, but winding back into all of the different layers, each one's valuable, you know, nutrition is just one of, one of the invaluable inputs. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, sleep being involved here and in the book, in this incredible edition where you've expanded the align method. And as folks are listening to this, it's now available. Correct. Correct. And it's at, because, you know, I get it early, you know, <laughs> it's at thealignbook.com and yeah. you've got some bonuses there for folks as well once they pop over there and check it out. Yeah. But you share some insights on the aligned morning and the aligned evening. Yeah. So let's talk about a possible, you know, optimal or, you know, uh, up-leveling of our morning routine. Let's talk about the aligned morning. What does that yeah. look like? Well, if, I mean, the first thing, I, I don't think it's going to be overly new for your audience. Um, but the first thing would be exposing yourself to sunlight. Like first thing, get up, set the circadian rhythm, get that light, you know, in the, the super chiasmatic nucleus, like you're, you're, you're consuming light with, through your eyes, you know, and through, you know, every, the rest of your, all the skin throughout your body as well. You know, so the first thing would be setting the neurochemistry for the day, you know, orienting yourself around the sun. So getting up, exposing your eyes to the sun. Like, I feel like sunglasses, what a shame. <laughs> we got like, we got sold the idea at some point that, you know, to be, a, I think for many people to be afraid of the sun, you know, and, and, you know, if you're going to wear sunblock, you know, I'd recommend blocking out the entirety of the sun, get zinc oxide or something like that, or just get like a sun hat or a shirt, you know, when we're blocking out just specific frequencies, you know, UVB or UVA and taking kind of like a supplement form of the sun, you know, and putting different chemicals and such in our skin and that's pouring into rivers. And then we end up eating that again, all the plastic bottles and the shipping. It's like wild when you unpack you know, the whole history of what's when we're you know, kind of become dependent on, on products to keep us alive essentially. Um, but the first thing would be, I think just creating a healthy relationship with the sun would be a big thing, you know, like maybe, maybe re Maybe you have the idea that the sun is like some abusive step parent, <laughs> you know, and coming back and be like, man, like, thank you, son. You know, wake up every day and just with, and then that comes into gratitude. Thank you, son. Like, thank you, body. Thank you, breath. You know, all of that. There's 
a whole plethora of research that you've that you've brought up in throughout the years on this on this podcast uh you know it affects your physiology it affects your mental emotional state affects blood pressure affects you know all of the parts of you if you can start the day from that place of just observation of taking a moment of, of reflection of gratitude for the morning and i think a great place would be that is literally just having gratitude for the sun how, how good it feels on your skin yeah it's so simple you know if you think about it it's the sun that has enabled us to have life in this expression here on planet earth oh, right yeah. but then it also kill you you know it's just like this strange pendulum swing has taken place and so in reality yeah the sun can harm you but we're talking about a fraction of a percent of people who this actually happens to and it's been used as an accreditation for us to not get adequate sunlight which we literally need when you mention like our body is eating it like it's it's num nums like it's it's literally <laughs> the one of the most healing substances and oh, yeah. regenerative substances oh, yeah. because we did a master class on vitamin D and I actually walked people through like, how does your body do the thing? And it's really remarkable. It's like a deep, intimate relationship. You know, again, like we would not have life here without this sun that we are so afraid of in our culture. You know, as, as you know, we've just been inundated with things to, to fear. And this isn't about not having a rational, like if you're Jim Gaffigan, complexion like you're not just going to go out and spend two hours at the beach sure you know just stark naked like that might not be a good idea yeah but it's starting to acclimate yourself again and understand like you evolve your genes literally literally expect you to interact with the light from that big ball of fire and when you pull away from that your expression that physical expression is going to degrade yeah you know yeah so. th i mean think of it as like a like a hermetic stressor you know and if you work out at the gym you know for a while there was a there was a belief that i think it was past age 40 maybe i don't remember the specific age it was but it was like you wanted to sustain and just hold on to your joints and your muscles and you know too much workout and fitness and all that was you know it's going to be like you're going to wear yourself out it was like that's not the way the body works you know the the body res responds it to come back stronger and healthier and more well circulated and you know a more robust organism through hermetic stressors throughout the day you know so when you work out it creates inflammation and oxidization and it's like it's like wow it's like war inside of the muscles then you sleep and you rest and you drink and you do all the things you come back like i feel fantastic like wow i'm not like a car you know right you know, that's like a, a a a car is a complicated system and systems theory your biology is a complex system we thrive on variability we thrive on like get it out there you know get like run it jump it sun it you're like yeah. that's sleep it you're like that's what we do and when you start to pull those factors out the body becomes confused and becomes backed up you know it becomes um you know it's like i think that men especially maybe me like i like to feel like a almost like a tool of sorts like i like to have a purpose you know and so it's like you're like put me on the purpose whatever it is cool we gotta hunt gather collect that thing okay somebody threw a frisbee on the roof like somebody needs to get the frisbee off the roof i'm like i got it you know and you know as below so above like our cells that's your cells you know, so when you take them out and say someone threw a frisbee on the roof you say maybe like a robot will get it i'll just sit here and kind of you know, I'll, I'll, you know I'll, I'll, I'll maybe look into my screen and narrow my vision and 
expose yeah. a little more blue light to my eyeballs. And, yeah, kind of go into that forward head posture and all those patterns that if you were to look at any animal in nature in that pattern, you would think they were sick or depressed or injured or something. You know, so, I mean, that's the unbelievable thing. If you if, like that, that position and now it's not phones that are problematic. I think it's that people just crave connection. You know, and, and if you're not getting, like Alan Watts has, said, has used this metaphor of like modern culture is eating the menu and confusing it for the food. And so a lot of what we're, we're doing with maybe our, our fitness, maybe, um, you know, you could say that from a, a light perspective, you know, like we're getting like junk light throughout the day, LEDs and all these kind of like partial, you know, not the full spectrum, like not the real thing. So it's like light kind of. You know, but it's not the good, good, you know, so it leaves our, our bodies, I think yearning, you know, there's uh, Jack white has a bit about this. This is getting a little more abstract, but, um, uh, discussing how analog, the switch from analog to digital, he said that that leaves people in that similar, that similar way, like yearning for more because the analog, you're getting the full acoustic spectrum. Like you're like, you know, you're getting the full sound when you go into that digital it's, I don't know the exact process of what happens, but it like cuts it all up and then recompresses it back together to be a small file to be able to be shared around. And so when we're hearing that, so says, you know, the idea from Jack White, which I think he's kind of a genius, um, it leaves us with this yearning sensation. So it's like, you're listening to it, but it's not that the, the full instrument or the full vocal, you know, so when we're eating food, some more thing. And so what happens when we take all of these, these kind of like supplement forms of information as opposed to getting those whole forms from the acoustic spectrum, from the visual spectrum, from nutritional, uh, from relationships. Likely, I know I'm going way out there in the weeds, so you know, just bear with me, but I would imagine that that would potentially lead a person to having some inherent yearning for something more and not knowing exactly what it is. You know? Yeah. And, you know, enter, callback, Neo from the Matrix. You know, and that's like, it's like there's, there's, oh, you can't sleep at night. And you can have this like whirling sensation inside, like, like, what is that? And I think what that is, is we we want to just be reconnected back to something more and nature has all of it and it doesn't need to be weird. You know, you can bring some plants into your house. You can open the window, you get full spectrum light coming through. You know, you can take a walking meeting with your friends, you know, or your business people. You know, make some eye contact with somebody when you're getting coffee or at a checkout line. Just have that moment of saying, like, I see you. And through seeing someone else, you see yourself. It's powerful, man. So that aligned morning, you know, this is, of course, is going to be unique to us. You sprinkled in so many different ideas for us to chew on and to utilize. But for you, so that aligned morning is going to kick off with the sunlight little, little dabble a little a little morsel of some sunlight yeah and then what else what are we transitioning into from that sunlight hydration you know you throw a little some some minerals or something in your water throw a little sea salt in there is, is a nice bonus just to help actually be able to absorb that that water um and then movement is going to be a really important one which would be in tandem with the sunlight so you're walking your body out to the sun. Sometimes we need to get, everyone's different with this. I think if you're just taking a walk, that's fantastic. You know, I'm happy. I'm so grateful and happy about that. Um, but pushing yourself past that first five minutes, like most people don't want to do things that are good for them for the first five minutes. 
you know so being willing to have like like resting the inner bitch you know is like what what goggins talks to david goggins talks about and rogan rogan talks about his inner bitch a lot uh you know so being able to just work out that muscle of those things that i know are good for me that i know are going to be rewarding i know they're going to pay back i just need to get through that five minutes commit to four minutes of it you know so for you that's taking maybe a little jog you know that would be a beautiful thing if it's maybe you swing some kettlebells in the morning maybe put some music on and just start the process you know wiggle the hips a little bit maybe get down low a little bit um whatever works for you you know i think meditation is a beautiful thing maybe your form of movement is intentional stillness so that's movement you know i did a, a, a vipassana meditation retreat it was like 10 days where you just essentially just sit and meditate for 10 days so you get up at i think 4 30 or 5 a.m guy comes around with like a gong rings the gong race you up you go and you meditate for an hour you take a little break they meditate for an hour take a little break meditate for an hour. that's just what you do for the, the duration of the 10 days um and in that it became very evident that stillness is absolutely a viable form of movement but it's being intentional with that stillness so most of our stillness is kind of like almost like wasted stillness you know your stillness is like yeah and you're just cell phone scrolling you know or maybe you're 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 unconsciously just eating cheetos you know you're hunched over to the couch or you're thinking about the girl or thinking about the thing uh, you're still whirling right so then there's another level of stillness where it's like okay i'm gonna actually start to work with a little bit more uh, internal sovereignty i'm gonna practice honing in the edge of my blade of my consciousness you know so anytime one of those thoughts comes in invite it say cool thanks for being here and then come back to observing the breath would be one example you know anapanasati is like a you know, sanskrit way of saying just observing the breath and you know, it's a very common meditation practice is great but you could observe it you could observe a candle listen to some music or just observe the music you know and that is a muscle you know so that's a, a another beautiful movement practice i would say is sharpening that blade of your consciousness through intentional stillness so both of those are great whatever works for you if you're going to do um you just find what works like the best nutrition plan best exercise plan best morning routine you already know what i'm about to say it's the one that you'll do <laughs> like i don't care what you do just do something that lights you up you know so if jogging sounds just like not into that like don't i don't do that like do the thing that actually makes you enjoy this human experience that's the key to longevity <laughs> like we're trying to inject in ourselves different supplements or eating pharmaceutical stuff in order to like allow our cells to become less senescent or lengthen our telomeres or whatever it's like come on like if you don't want to be here what's the point of longevity and so in coming back and making that be a foundation of the way that you move the way that you think the way that you live the way that you relate like that is health that's a great morning routine facts i love it man thank you so much for sharing that and again the alignbook.com correct to pick up the align method of course anywhere books are sold as well um but again you'll have some bonuses for folks over there and i highly recommend this is one of those books that you know it's the simplicity and the effectiveness i'm a big fan of effectiveness you know and so adding this to your library taking some of these tools adding it to your to your repertoire and like I said, at the very beginning of this, you're somebody who just this one nugget 
is implemented in my life repeatedly. It's something I would occasionally do, but then the way that you described it, it just, it turned on another switch in my mind to make it more consistent. And then you see the rewards in life as well. Yep. You know, so I appreciate that so much, man. Can you let everybody know where they can follow you, get more information and all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, most people probably just go to Instagram, so that's Align Podcast. Um, and then there's the Align Podcast. They go back and listen to the Bruce Lepton episode, be an interesting one, or they could listen to the, the last one that I did with Sean, I thought was was actually one of my, my preferred episodes, so that would be a good one to go back to. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's from there, you know, that goes into the annals of all of the different exercises and training programs and all that stuff. But I think that the, the book, um, is the promise of the book would be that upon reading it, one, you can open it up to any page and you'll get value from it that you can implement into your life right now. Um, and so the, the promise upon going through any, you know, if you read 15 pages of the book, it will start to open up your lens to be able to leverage literally any moment throughout the day is you're just covered with opportunities to get better. We just, for the most part, you need to have the eyes to see it. You know, so that's the structure and function of anything that I do, you know, is, is helping provide simplistic, tangible information to start to augment the way that we perceive our moment to moment life. So that literally every moment becomes an opportunity. That's the whole, that's the whole point. So opportunity. That's been the big message, empowerment, man, you, you're the, you're the walking, talking representation of what you teach. And, you know, folks that aren't seeing the video of this, you don't, you're coming in, you're kicking your shoes up, you're perching up in your chair, like, you know, Tweety Bird. And it's just what you do, man. You know, you, you would be considered to be like a big guy, but you're so nimble and you're so fluid and you're so, you're just emanating like you said, like you can just tell when you're around somebody, you know? And so I, I just want to encourage people to take this message of, you know, becoming that person, you know, walking in that direction, literally again, walking, we're talking about movement. And so that you don't have to think about your tone, you know, it's just going to be broadcast from a healthy vessel because you've been taking the time to just invest in these small things. These are not big, complicated things that we've got to do to be a healthier expression of ourselves, to be aligned. And again, that's what I really love about your work. And thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Awesome. Aaron Alexander, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If there's one thing I know about Aaron Alexander, it's he's an island boy. He's a podcast boy. It's my guy and I appreciate him. And, uh, you know, the story that he shared at the very beginning, I remember bumping into him at an event. You know, this was years ago and I could see the spark in his eyes. You know, I could see that, you know, that vitality, what he was wanting to accomplish and to impact. And he's just been moving in that direction, you know, to, to just lean into his, his information and his principles. He's moving in the direction of making a big difference in the world, of being a source of inspiration, of intelligence, of support. And he said something really, really remarkable that he's created the perception for himself. He's the type of person, like he needs a purpose and we get to all, we get to choose the perception that we take into the world. And he is that kind of guy. Frisbee stuck on the roof. He's that kind of guy, you know? And so just jumping in to use his body in creative and necessary ways to get things done. What can you align your psychology to that pulls your body in the direction of more expression and vitality, you know? Is it being able to 
dance and have a good time with your kids and, you know, being able to, you know, play sports with your kids, not just take them to their practices, but to be able to actually get out and to, to play and to have fun. Is it being able to compete yourself? Is it being able to, you know, just finding a way to, to, to be able to do life's stuff, you know, whether it's carrying all the groceries into the house in one go and not being reliant upon other people as you age, you got to tie it to something, especially now. Let's imbue purpose into our movement and it just makes everything a whole lot easier. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. If you got a lot of value out of this, please share it out with your friends and family on social media. Tag me, I'm at Sean Model. Tag Aaron, he's at Align Podcast. And we've got some epic shows coming your way very soon, so make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes, you can find transcriptions, videos for each episode, and if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome, and I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.